4: Welcome back to the Fighter versus the Writer. I'm your host, as always, Damon Martin. And UFC 276 is upon us, one of the biggest fight weeks of the year, and I could not go for an event of this magnitude without talking to one of the people talk, well, excuse me, one of the people fighting on the card, and he's now in a rematch at welterweight against Donald Cowboy Cerrone. I am always excited to speak to Jim Miller. Jim, how are you? Are hold sh- on, hold on, hold on, hold on, let me, Jim, Jim effing Miller. There you go. There,
2: <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Uh, yeah, excited, ready to go. Uh, yeah, can't wait. Can't so,
4: wait. walk me through the kind of insanity of the last week. Cause when the fight got rumored, uh, I was kind of like, when I text you to come on the show i don't know why i ask you if you're fighting anybody jim i just know the answer is gonna be yes like this like hey I heard, I heard a rumor jim's gonna fight francis and ganu i'm like yeah that's probably true uh so kind of tell me like how did this come about because it was you know again kind of a last minute change
2: yeah yeah definitely last minute um you know uh what when the heck was it um i guess it was uh you know last weekend uh Sean, uh, Shelby called me up and, uh, he's like, Hey, uh, you know, I'm going to have to pull green. And, uh, he's like, you know, we're going to work on an opponent. And he's like, I'll ask, you know, Donald, if he wants to fight, if you want that. And I said, yeah, go for it. Um, and I was still at 55. Um, and, uh, yeah, like it was, uh, I, I still don't know exactly what happened with Bobby. Um, you know, uh, but, uh, it, it, was weird that it, it didn't get announced right away. Um, so a few days went by and I was like, uh, like shit, (laughs) 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 I'm fighting and fighting, uh, you know, less than two weeks. Like what's, uh, what's going to happen here. And, uh, so I shot Sean a text and, uh, you know, the next day he's like, Hey, um, you want, you, you know, you, you cool fighting Donald. I was like, yeah. He's like, what about one seventies? It's like, whatever, you know, (laughs) first time for everything. So, uh, yeah, let's do it. And, uh, it was, it was kind of, there was a few days where I wasn't sure if I was going to fight and, uh, that, uh, you know, that always sucks. Like, uh, kind of getting put in limbo like that. Um, but, uh, yeah, fortunately we were able to, to find an opponent. And, uh, I think it's a, I think it's a great fight.
4: I, I totally agree. I was actually at the first fight in Atlantic city back in the day. We'll talk about that in a minute, but, uh, You've been fighting a lot of new guys. I mean, obviously, two mm-hmm. knockouts in a row, and I know we've had this conversation before, Jim. We know, and the reason why you earned the nickname Jim Effing Miller from the great Joe Silva is because you're not the guy who turns down fights. You're not the guy who mm-hmm. handpicks his opponents. So whether you're fighting old-school legends or or kind of new people, it doesn't really bother you. But and Bobby Green, let's be clear, Bobby Green's a, you know, kind of an old-school guy in his own right. He's been around for a mm-hmm. long while. But is there a certain excitement getting a guy like Donald Cerrone, you know, rematch? I'm sure there's a little bit of maybe a little bit of revenge i know you're not really a revenge minded guy necessarily but a little bit of revenge there. and let's be honest this is a big fight this is, you know these are two two of the biggest legends of our sport fighting mm-hmm. in the cage it's always gonna be a little more exciting right yeah definitely
2: you know uh he, he's a he's a guy you know in, in donald that's uh i i've wanted the opportunity to fight again you know i figured it would probably end up happening before we were both uh we both call it quits you know, I I know that he wants, I think, two more fights. Um, I'm still kind of throwing it out there at a UFC 300. So I was like, you know, let's uh let's see how far we can get. And uh, but yeah, I figured I figured we would probably end up meeting up again at some point. Um, you know, we are we're, we're tied for the most wins in the UFC. Um, I've got them by you know a fight or two in, in total fights in the UFC. And yeah, it's just uh it's a, it's a good fight, you know? And, and, uh, like I, I like the matchup too, you know, like, uh, I mean the, the, the fight, you know, years ago is eight years ago now. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I feel I could have won. Um, you know, he, he got the better of me, um, you know, set me up good for that, that head kick. And, and, uh, but you know, we we're still, we we're still at both young, you know, early thirties, um, you know in our primes and and i feel like i've been able to uh you know hold on to it a little bit better uh given given my recent fights and and given his so you know i'm, I'm looking to go in there and and uh and land and you know when i do i, I I'm, I'm feeling confident that you know i'm, I'm gonna put him away absolutely you
4: know? how, how do you feel about 170 <coughs> i mean uh this is i know it's short notice Sorry. so it's just i guess it's just a weight cut you're not going through but how do you feel about fighting 170
2: um, you know what? It's gonna be interesting because uh I I don't really, you know, this is the first time I've ever fought at 170. Um, I've I haven't had the opportunity to go in there and just be like not really have to do anything. You know, when I fought uh Tiago Alves, I was walking at about 162, 163. Um because uh yeah, I I lost a ton of weight in 2016. Um and uh it's I still had to do a little bit of work, even though, you know, the, the fight ended up being at a catch weight higher than what I showed up, at, uh, you know, fight week for. Um, but, uh, yeah, this is going to be an interesting one because I, I really, I really don't have to do much, you know, other than, you know, uh, work out, feel good, and, uh, show up on fight day, which, uh, I'm, I'm excited for because the weight cuts always have an effect. Um, so, uh, yeah, it, uh, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be fun
4: can i ask what you're walking around at right now um i had been walking around
2: like 168 ish uh 167 168 um you know in the last few days i was like hey i can eat a little bit more so you know like we I, i've put on a little bit uh but it's probably just all water weight at this point so um it'll it'll come right back off
4: now i know you're a hunter you didn't actually add a little extra yeah. deer meat a little extra elk meat maybe this week you know, <laughs> pack on a couple extra pounds
2: um, no, no, not really. You know, the, the idea is to feel good. The idea is to feel good and to, uh, you know, not do anything out of the ordinary. Cause that's, uh, that's oftentimes what, what messes up fighters. So, um, you know, uh, during fight week, it's not going to be any different. It's not like I'm going to be, you know, uh, breaking from my norm. Um, so I'm just going to be in the hotel working out and, and eating, good food and just really not having to worry about the water cut, which is uh, it's going to be a nice change.
4: Yeah. Well, and also to be clear, while this is a welterweight fight and cowboy has fought a welterweight, you know, several times during his career, i think and and please correct me if you were told differently but this is mostly because he already went through two weight cuts in the past basically six weeks you went through the one in may fight got canceled went through one again like two weeks ago and got canceled so i mean that's that's hard on the body to go through that and not actually fight so he went through two weight cuts in about a six week period and i know from Mm -hmm. what i had heard was he just didn't want to put his body through that again a third time which i understand i don't think anyone would want Mm -hmm. to do that
2: yeah no uh i i totally agree you know um they had when they originally had offered it to him, he had said he didn't he didn't want to to cut again, um, you know, before August, um, which I, I I don't blame him at all. But apparently nobody else wanted the fight. So, uh, <laughs> you know, they, they, they I guess they called him back up and said, hey, would you do 70s?
4: Yeah, there you go. So now. You already kind of mentioned it, Jim, but just, again, let me throw out some stats here at you. This is fight number 40 in the UFC for you. You already hold the record for the most fights in UFC history at 39, but you're going to have number 40 this weekend. Mm-hmm. You're tied with Cowboy and Andre Arlovski for the most wins in UFC history at 23. Now, Andre's still going. He's, I actually mm-hmm. just had a really good streak. I know he just had a loss fairly recently, but he'd been on a pretty good streak, so he kind of added to his record a little bit, Um Is it kind of fun that this fight came about when it did? Because not only are you going to increase your lead in the most fights in UFC history, but you have a chance to kind of break that tie. Now, I know you're not done, and Andre's not done, and, and, you know, technically Mm -hmm. Cowboy's not done, although Cowboy said two more fights, and I kind of believe him. I Mm -hmm. think if, when Cowboy Cerrone says, I'm retiring in two more fights, I kind of believe him, just because of who that guy is, um... So you kind of get, to, is, is it kind of fun that this ends up being the one you get? Because not only do you get to avenge a loss, but you get to kind of break a record against the guy you're tied with. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You know, uh, it, it just adds a little, little bit extra, you know? I mean, it's a, it, it doesn't add any like pressure or, or, uh, you know, um, like eagerness to, to, to win or, you know, that that's kind of just a icing, you know, it's icing on the cake you know, I get to go in and I get to, uh, fight with a, uh, a guy that I'm a fan of and, and, uh, you know, put on a good show and, and, uh, you know, if I do what I'm supposed to do, come out with a W and, and, um, i am yeah, I, I'm just, I'm a, I went from those couple days of not having an <laughs> opponent to like, Hey, you're fighting Donald again. It's like, yes, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so like what you go from like the low to the, to the highs. So, Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, while it does add a little drama, it's, it's just another fight, honestly.
4: To that, to that point, how much do records mean to you? I mean, maybe in a couple years when it's all said and done, we'll do a podcast like this when you're retired. Maybe we're talking about going to the UFC hall of fame or something. (laughs) Maybe you can sit back and say, yeah, it's pretty awesome. I did that. I have the record for this or I have the record for that, but right now you're still Mm -hmm. in the middle of it uh you know i know you're not you know you're not retiring after this fight so you still have more fights to go regardless uh but do you i mean th- do you take some pride in that i mean or do you take more pride in like i joked with you but not all seriousness like the nickname that everyone loves for you jim you know the joe silva nickname the jim effing miller because you are the guy who stepped up you're the guy who will fight cowboy Cerrone on a week's notice up a weight class never mm-hmm. fought a well you're that guy like i don't know what do you what what means most to you at this point in your career
2: Um, being that guy, you know, uh, like the, the, I mean, the numbers are cool. Like they're nothing that, uh, you know, I hang my hat on, um, and, and it, it's kind of basically just come down to attrition (laughs) at, at this point, you know, just, just hanging on. Right. Um, but the fact is, is that there's, there are a lot of wins. There are a lot of great performances. There are a lot of great fights, uh, you know, that, created those numbers and created the opportunity to get those numbers so um you know the the it's it's not just about you know 40 UFC fights or uh you know what is it 23 24 uh wins and 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 this and that um it's it's just about fighting and 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 fighting for the reason that I fell in love with the sport was just cuz guys fought and they wanted to they wanted to fight they wanted to fight hard and and uh that's really what intrigued me about it. Um, you know, uh not, you know, not Twitter. <laughs> that that's not that's not what got me into MMA. So uh, you know, I I uh I try to be the guy that uh that influenced me to come into MMA.
4: Yeah. Do you appreciate the fact though that where you're at right now? I mean, on the two fight win streak, two knockouts in a row. And I mean this with the utmost respect to other legends of the sport. but you look at Cowboys are a good example. I think he's had like I think he's like oh five and oh five and one no contest. Now mm-hmm. some of the losses there's no shame in some of the losses he's had. <laughs> again, t- face a good guy. but, yeah, you know, when you have that kind of a run, people start saying, "Man, you know, I, I don't want to see Cowboy take damage." And and he said honestly, he said probably two more fights, and I'm going to walk away. A guy mm. you're very familiar with, a guy you kind of came up with in the sport, you know, a guy like Frankie Edgar, legend the sport, instant day one Hall of Famer in the UFC. But yeah, you know, he's kind of experienced those kind of doldrums that later career mm. where he's kind of had some tough knockouts. You wonder, man, you know, do you want to see him take another knockout? Those kind of things. The fact that you're still doing this, like you're you're going for fight number forty. But when I talked about fight number 40, Jim, I'm not saying, you know what, Jim, what do you have, two left, one left, three left? Like, I don't think mm-hmm. about it. Like, would you say I'm going to make it to the UFC 300? I believe you. And I would not, I would be like, yep, that makes sense, and I can absolutely see you doing that. There's not a lot of guys in your position who can do what you're doing and stay at this level. And I mean that with the utmost respect to those guys, guys right. like Cowboy and Frankie are legends, but— right. You know, Father Time is undefeated. You've heard that a million times. Oh yeah. The fact oh, yeah. that you're doing the fact <laughs> that you're doing what you're doing is is pretty amazing.
2: Thank you, thank you. Uh, yeah, it's uh there there's definitely a lot of luck involved. Uh, you know, um, I've I've probably been very close to some injuries that would have shortened my career. Um, but you know, I've also tried tried to to be smart, you know, about it and, and, and train, you know, train hard, but train intelligently, um, you know, and, and, and a lot of times, um, like fighters, we, we kind of fall victim to our own ego. Like, Hey man, it's, it's sparring, do- sparring day. I need to go hard. I need to, I need to show these guys what's up. I need to, I need to push cause everybody else is doing it. Um, you know, and, and, uh, like opening up my own gym in 2014, honestly, where where I was uh and and what I had to go through uh for a few years there, um, honestly opening my gym is saved my saved my career. Um, you know, uh being able to be the guy in control. And not even that, like, you know, coaches force you to do stuff, right? Not not even saying that, but I I feel that a lot of a lot of fighters uh, are very coachable. And if coach asks you to do something, you do it. You know, they want you to do this round. They want you to do that. They want you to go with this guy. You do it. Um, And kind of designing my practices around how I felt. um, You know, it, it made it that I wasn't fighting that, that, that ego or that, you know, those voices that were trying to help, but physically I just wasn't. Capable of doing it that day. Um, but yeah, like it's a, it, it's, it's, it is crazy to think about. It is crazy to think about, you know, it's because it's not only the 40 fights, it's, you know, what the hell is that? The 320 weeks of, of fight camp, basically. Like, you know, we're, there's a, there's a lot of time spent in actual fights <laughs> inside the gym. <laughs> to to get to those 40 fights you know so that's a lot of that's a lot of risk uh involved that's a lot of potential you know potential injuries and and stuff like that uh that i've that i've made it through uh relatively unscathed
4: yeah it's kind of crazy when you think and that's also again i know everyone's been well documented you've talked about it in the past but also you know going through lyme disease like you went through something that you know, in, in a way crushed your body and, and hurt you in so many ways, yet you stayed active and yet you stayed coming. I mean, Cause again, we hear these horror stories of guys and girls dealing with certain things, whether it's, you know, that, or, you know, not Lyme disease, but other ailments. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I always, I always bring this up and it's a guy I know you're familiar with TJ grant. You know, I always bring it up mm-hmm. one, one wrong move in the gym. In a yeah. jujitsu, in a jujitsu class takes yeah. a concussion never fights again and i actually just i saw tj on facebook the other day it looks like he's doing well he's teaching you're doing things like that but you know that guy was one fight away from a title shot one errant yeah. kick gone never fought again yeah. you know what i mean there's so many there's so many things that could go wrong in this sport and for you to do what you're doing like i said not that you're going to sit back and pat yourself on the back and say oh man i i really did great but again, it is pretty amazing because there's a million examples of people who never made it to 20 fights, much less 40 in the UFC. You know I mean? Obviously you're the number one, but that's what I'm saying. Like they don't get to 20 fights in the UFC and that's not yeah. because they don't want to be here or they get released. They just can't make it 20 fights in the UFC.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, it's like I said, there's a lot of luck, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. I, I, uh, I didn't, I didn't walk under too many ladders and, 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 you know, cross paths with too many black cats, even though we had (laughs) black cats as kids, (laughs) but you know, yeah. Um, it is, it is a shame that, uh, sometimes that happens, but it, it, that happens in every sport that happens in every, you know, uh, in every realm where, where people's, people's careers and their, and their love, right. What they love to do kind of gets, uh, get stripped away from them sometimes by freak accidents. Um, you know, uh, like in MMA, I feel like it is training is kind of designed to beat you up. Um, and that's what I, I try to, I try to avoid, uh, you know, taking the, the, the reckless damage and the, and the unnecessary stuff, you know, um, because it's, uh, you know, you, you only got one brain and, uh, you only got one body and you gotta, you gotta get the fight to get paid. And, uh, that's kind of how I always looked at as like, man, like uh, I kind of feel like shit. So maybe we shouldn't <laughs> do this today, you know? So, uh, just kind of, yeah, just trying to be smart about it sometimes. And, and, um, fortunately it's kind of worked out and got me to this point.
4: Yeah. Can I ask you mention how much you know, opening your gym has meant to you in your career? Uh, I had a conversation with a good friend of mine, of course, UFC fighter Matt Brown. He opened his gym here in Columbus uh, a couple of years ago. It's been doing really well. And he said to me numerous times, he's like, you know, I love coaching and when it's all said and done, and I call it a career, I think I'm going to be a better coach than I was a fighter. I feel like when I finally get to impart that knowledge full-time on the next generation of fighters, I'm going to be a better coach than a fighter. Do you have that? I mean, you have your own gym. Do you have that aspiration of, like, one day transitioning into becoming, like, a full-time coach, building a fight team? Do those kind of things matter to you? And, you know, down the road. Um, I, I
2: actually ended up uh, – I, ha- I ended up selling the gym last year. Uh, You know, it was just – with the way things were going coming out of coming out of COVID uh, I would have had to either, I would have had to uh, focus on the gym and teaching classes or like focus on my career. Uh, And I figured I'd, I'd put it all into MMA and, you know, and uh, ride it out as long as I could. Um, But like on the coaching side, I, I, I have a tough time with it sometimes because I know what I'm good at. Right. And I and I never ask any of my guys to fight like me or to to, you know, to be like me. (laughs) Um, I I try to help motivate them. Um, I try to show them things that that work for me. Um, But I feel like the best coaches are encyclopedias and. My livelihood being fighting, it's like, man, like, what is it? Uh, you know, what is the sport? I may mean, even like jujitsu or wrestling or any of these combat sports, it's maximizing your body to do what you're good at. Cause everybody, every, every body type uh, and, and even, even like mentally what you're good at, uh, you know, like in, in things like jujitsu uh, comes down to it, like how your, how your brain works. Like I am not a three moves ahead of you kind of guy. I am a like fly by the seat of my pants, elevator music, going on in my brain, just body's kind of flowing. Um and it's hard to teach somebody how to do that. <laughs> so uh yeah, like I I I try to I try to help these guys and I I really do enjoy it. I I enjoy, you know, uh having you know these young fighters to that I can impart a little bit of knowledge on. But um I I'm not uh I'm not like the MMA coach kind of guy, honestly. Uh um, yeah. You know, like I, I think that I think that what I'm better at and what I will be better at is more of the mindset type stuff. Um, And, you know, I'm kind of working on how to how to how to get into that and, and it even be like broader than just, you know, a localized team.
4: Nice. Nice. I like that very much. I like that. also you're doing cookbooks. I mean, you got other stuff going yeah. on. You got a million things going on, Jim Miller. What's that? You say I saw you push the, what, Tell me about this cookbook. I got to know about the cookbook.
2: You know, yeah, it uh it kind of happened just uh, on a uh introduction to some some uh some some you know, experts in their fields and uh yeah, I, you know, one of my one of my guys that I really trust um introduced me to some people and and it's like, "Hey, uh you you cook a lot. You've got a good following." let's uh let's do a cookbook and i was like "Oh, okay <laughs> so uh, so it kind of it came about really really quickly um and uh yeah like uh, i'm 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 happy with the way that everything came out it, it it took a lot longer to get out because uh we had some printing issues believe it or not you know after after 2020 and and, <laughs> and you know 21 uh there are some there are some issues with uh supply chain type stuff but um yeah uh it's finally getting out and shipping and um you know it's uh it's not it's kind of kind of like the coaching thing it's not an encyclopedia you know um it's more so about my mentality for cooking there's about two dozen uh recipes in there we ended up going um primarily wild game but but every recipe in the in the book um, is really adapted from like beef, pork, chicken type stuff. Um, but I have a, I have a passion for the outdoors and, and, and hunting and fishing and, um, and, and I have a passion for food and, and really being involved in it. Not, not just from going to the grocery store and getting it. I, uh, the, the, the best meals I've ever had and and shared with people have been super basic things that I actually had a, I had a hand in, uh, cause they meant more to me to, to serve to somebody, you know? So, um, yeah, I tried to get that across and, and, you know, food is one of those things that really, uh, helped me get over Lyme disease. Um, and I, and I feel has, has helped me then continue my career as well. Um, you know, uh, my, my diet, I I don't know if how it would have changed if I hadn't been affected by Lyme disease, um, I think it would have a little bit, but, uh, yeah, like it's, uh, it's, it's, it's really clean. Like we, we don't need it. We don't need a lot of processed food in the house. And, and, uh, you know, I, I feel like, um, you know, some days when I'm cooking dinner, it, it takes, it takes time to, to, to go from raw ingredients to, to make a meal. Um, but I do enjoy it and there are days where I'm tired when I'm doing it, but, um, you know, uh, it is worth it in my opinion. And, you know, I, I feel that, uh, particularly we as Americans, a lot of times we sacrifice our health for convenience when it comes to food. And, you know, I fall victim to it when I'm traveling in particular, you know, then I, then I eat stupid takeout and stuff like that. And and then I feel like garbage. Um, so yeah, like, hopefully. Hopefully by telling my story and giving people some uh some recipes and you know, some ideas. Uh I hope to inspire people to kind of take a, take control over their food and, and uh try to just live a live a healthier lifestyle and, and um yeah, just eat eat good food.
4: Now I'll admit, Jim, I can't cook to save my life. Uh but <laughs> If you ever come over to my house, I can make a mean baked ziti, I can do that. It's so one all dish right. I can actually have confidence in making. Now, as a kid, I used to go hunting all the time and I loved hunting. I haven't done it in years. But I when I was a kid, we used to eat game all the time, venison and, and everything. You know what I mean? I even had I had I had snake as a kid, I had gator as nice. a kid. I had lots of lots of game food. If I was coming to Jim Miller's house in New Jersey, what's your specialty? What's the one thing you can cook? Be like, you know what? I'm going to cook this. And this is the one thing I know I could cook really good. I know you got a whole cookbook. What's your favorite yeah. thing?
2: I, I mean, you know, uh, there are some, there's a couple of recipes. Like there's a, there's a gumbo recipe in there that, uh, that um, like I've, I've made andouille sausage out of black bear and then I use that in in the gumbo, and um, there was pheasant in the gumbo and stuff like that. So this, it's it's labor intensive making a like a, a dark roux, um, but it's super worth it. But honestly, I am totally into the basics and a a backstrap that is you know that 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 was cared for. The field care was there. Um, you know, when, when you shot the animal and, and process the animal, um, and just a nice basic seasoning on it, not overcooked. Like I get, I get super like anal retentive when I'm cooking back (laughs) straps, uh, you know, like hovering over them basically. Um, but yeah, just a honestly, just a, uh, a backstrap. And it honestly, it doesn't even really matter what it is. Um, you know, uh, I've, I've cooked, uh, black bear backstrap very similarly to the, to, to whitetail. I uh, just got to cook them a little bit, you know, a uh, little bit longer so that you have to, uh, you know, cook them, cook them well. But honestly, that right there is, is usually like it's, it's eye opening for people um, when, when it's just a, a, a good clean piece of meat and, and it's, you know, not, not overwhelming that some some spuds and some, uh, some broccoli or asparagus or Brussels sprouts. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's top notch in my mind.
4: Yeah. Give me a good steak and a baked potato any day. I am the most basic person ever. Give me a good steak and a baked potato. I'll be the happiest guy in the world. You don't have to give me anything different. Give me that. And I'm a happy guy. Uh, I guess we should talk a little bit more about the fight. Of course, you'd have a fight in like five <laughs> days, uh, real quick. Yeah. You mentioned, of course you had, you know, you had the fight with cowboy eight years ago. I was at that mm-hmm. fight. As I mentioned, it was a main event Atlantic city. Um, we all know the outcome, you know, the outcome mm-hmm. they're going to talk about it during fight week, of course, like that. But before that, it was a really good fight. He caught you. I mean, that's just the nature mm-hmm. of the sport. So I'm not going to rehash that again, eight years ago, but you've been showing some real knockout power. I mentioned it in your last mm-hmm. couple of fights, two knockouts in a row. Um, i don't i imagine getting a win over cowboy would be great no matter how it happens but would it be a little sweeter if you could maybe return the favor
2: oh definitely yeah (laughs) (laughs) of course um yeah you know it's uh this is this is the first time in my career that i'm rematching somebody that had beat me prior uh you know and i'll admit that there's a little bit like all right like now's now's my turn you know um it, 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 you know, the, the last fight was, it, it was eight years ago, right? <laughs> like it's a long time, um, especially in this game. Uh, you know, uh, I, I firmly believe that you, you can't even like look at film from somebody too heavily from, uh, you know, a year prior, even, even six months, because we are professional athletes and we're constantly adapting and constantly changing and working on new things, uh, and, and closing up holes. Um, so, yeah i i i've never put too much weight on you know uh like my previous fights the 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 couple of um rematches that i have had um but uh yeah like i i i would like to get him back i'd like to get him back
4: yeah is there because i know you've had a couple rematches here and there people always remember the joe lowes on you know those were two crazy wars two crazy fights but I always hear different things from different fighters. Some fighters say that when you get for a rematch, you know, you have to treat it like it's a totally different fight. I heard other people say, Mm -hmm. well, you can take little things, you know, think about the strength and the the height and the reach, things like that. Uh, How do you, because you mentioned eight years ago, it almost feels like you can't really consider that fight, but at the same time you have it in there, you do know the reaching. Like, can you, Mm -hmm. do you look at this as a rematch in the traditional sense? Or do you just say, I'm fighting a guy I had fought once before, if that makes sense.
2: Um, yeah, that's, that's kind of how it is. Like, you know, I mean, we've, we fought before, um, you know, we're, we're both in different places. We were both in different places back then. Um, you know, and, uh, I think we're in both in different places today. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a, it's a fight. It's a fight against a guy who's always dangerous. Um, I know what he's capable of because we do, we do, we do have that history. Um, So, yeah, so I have to go in there. I have to be smart. I have to fight my fight and, uh, and, and impose my will on him. And, uh, you know, I, I know I can do it. And, and I know that if I do do that, then uh, I'm going to have a good night.
4: Yeah. Uh, you might find out more. I'm assuming you're traveling to Vegas tomorrow. Uh, yep. I'm assuming you'll find out more when you get there. But have you heard the final place where you guys are out on the card? And there's a reason I'm asking this question, because originally, and I'm sure you saw it or maybe you didn't, that you guys were kind of opening the prelims on ABC, mm. the, the four or five prelims and leading into the pay-per-view. Yeah. Have you heard anything? Is that changed? Is that still the plan?
2: Uh, n- I don't know. I've seen I've seen both. I've seen the prelims and I've seen main card. Um, honestly, none of it matters to me. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, you know, uh, there, there, there are benefits to, to fighting earlier in the day. Um, so like, it's not like I, uh, I really, I really care all that much. Um, but yeah, like where, wherever, uh, we get put, we get put and yeah, honestly, I, I haven't, I haven't heard anything official.
4: Yeah, I know that the fight between Misha Tate and Lauren Murphy got pulled, and I kind of assumed you and Cowboy would end up taking that main card spot, which would make a lot of sense. Uh, I heard, and maybe you heard this Robbie Lawler, who's also on the prelims, you know, he actually said he was kind of surprised. He's like, I'm a little surprised I'm on the prelims. That's not a place I'm used to being, you know, Robbie Lawler. Uh, But it sounds like you're not one of those guys who's, like, living and dying, whether you're the first fight of the night or the last fight of the night. Like, it doesn't seem like that really matters a whole lot to you.
2: Uh, yeah, not anymore. I mean, when, when, uh, (laughs) when there was sponsorship money involved, yeah, it mattered. (laughs) Uh, nowadays, uh, you know, you get, the the, the amount of eyes is pretty similar, uh, that you get on the undercard as you do on the main, um, obviously like the big events there's, there's, there's going to be a bit more on the, on the main card, but, uh, uh, i've never really cared who's watching <laughs> 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 it, it, it you know like uh i get i get tunnel vision when i'm in there i i i, I bar- barely even see outside the octagon so um i'm not uh i'm definitely not the type that's concerned with uh, how many eyeballs uh are, are watching
4: yeah yeah i understand that like i said everyone's got different i remember I, I talked to somebody else recently about that with the sponsorships like when you used to get money for walking out and people would see your t-shirt and they'd say you mm-hmm. get we need to we need to see on the walkout if you're in the walkout on the pay-per-view we could see the t-shirt you're wearing mm-hmm. we're gonna pay you more money whatever that like that really mattered now yeah you know it's not really that way so it doesn't really matter if you're the first fight or you know the second fight or the you know main card i guess you know, it's a little different in that particular you know perspective i guess yeah
2: exactly exactly that's that's the way that i look at it uh you know uh now that there's 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 not much that comes from it. So, uh, you know, in the way that they, they promote some of the undercards as well on different platforms, uh, sometimes it is easier for people to even just watch the, the, the prelims. Um, so, uh, wherever we are, that's, that's where we'll, you know, that's where we're going to be. And, and they just tell me to show up and I'm, I'm there and I'm ready to fight.
4: You said it earlier, Jim, and I know you said this a lot of times, the The, the target is UFC 300. You want to make the UFC 300 because you want to be the guy, the only guy to ever fed on UFC 100, 200, and 300. Can I throw out an idea mm-hmm. for you? Now, I know this is a couple years. This is still a ways away. We, see her, we hear UFC 276, and we're like, ooh, UFC 300 is not that far away. We forget there's only one pay-per-view a month. Typically, there's two this yep. month, but typically only one a month, so it will take a little time to get there. Let me throw out one suggestion to you. Not that you need my suggestion, but let me throw out something to you. UFC 300 comes along. Now I joked earlier and I said, my favorite nickname for you, of course, is Jim effing Miller, which is a nickname that was bestowed upon you by UFC Hall of Famer and former matchmaker Joe Silva. Is Mm -hmm. there, do you you still talk to Joe? Do you ever hear from Joe? Like I'll hear from him occasionally. I haven't talked to him a lot, Mm -hmm. but do you still hear from Joe occasionally? Every now and then.
2: Yeah, yeah.
4: Okay, so. UFC 300 weigh-ins whatever it is I feel like you gotta have Joe Silva walk out with you I think that's the idea (laughs) Joe Silva's gotta walk out because he gave you the nickname and then UFC 300 you know like because like that was the guy right like that's the guy who signed everybody back in the day Joe Silva was the guy you got the call from so wouldn't it be kind of like you know poetic in a way to like have him out there with you on UFC 300 just have him walk you out to the weigh-ins or something I think it'd be really cool
2: yeah yeah that'd be awesome
4: Uh, Last thing, Jim, before I let you go, I've actually waited to tell this story publicly. I've told other people off the air to kind of give you a sense of the guy you are and not that you're an egotistical guy or you're looking for accolades or anything like that. But I want to tell you a personal story, my favorite interaction I've ever had with you. And you probably don't remember this and it's completely okay that you don't. I don't remember the card it was, but I was in Las Vegas and you were fighting and we are at the MGM Grand, and I was in line at Starbucks getting a coffee. I think it was before the weigh-ins or media day or something. And I'm standing in line, and I'm just going to stand there, and out of the corner of my eye, I see Jim and Dan Miller walking towards me. Now, it was I think it was a day. I want to say it was a day of a, of a media day. So, you know, I'm not going to stop you. But you actually went out of your way to come over and say hello to me. And you're like, hey, Damon, how are you? And, like, shook hands, and I was just like, that meant so much to me because you're in the <laughs> middle of fight week, you're you're busy, you're doing your thing, and usually it's the other way around. I'd be the guy walking up to you in line and saying, hey, man, you know, good to see you. How are you? I'll never, I'll never, that has never gone away from my mind, the kind of guy you are that you would take time to just walk over and say hello to me when you had no reason to stop, you know, no, no, I wasn't trying to bother you. Nothing like you just came over to say hello. And I was like, that really means a lot because- that just kind of shows the kind of guy you are. You didn't have to do that. You didn't have to stop and like, say hello, see how I see how I was doing, you know, like that kind of thing. And I just wanted you to know like how much that meant to me, that little interaction. I was just like, man, that's the kind of guy Jim Miller is like, that just means a lot to me that you take two seconds out of your day to come over and say hello and ask how I'm doing. I just, I, I just, that's always stuck with me years later. That's always stuck with me.
2: But, uh, you know, uh, thank you for, uh, you know, I, I appreciate the the kind words. Yeah, you know, like uh, wait. I I'm just a guy who fights. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's the way I look at it. It's Like, you know, yeah, like uh, and uh, I, I've always, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's just kind of the way that, but Dan and I, are, our parents raised us to be, you know, kind of polite and uh, and uh, yeah, just uh, it their their raising methods work i guess
4: <laughs> yeah and, and, so, and we try- we go back a ways we go back quite a ways too like we i do. said that's yeah. the, that's the old school the old school nature of this we go back we're, we're kind of the old school guys uh, jim at this point you know
2: yeah yeah definitely yeah, it's, uh, it's a new age.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> we
4: didn't meet on Twitter, you know that? We didn't meet on That's Twitter. That's right. yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we did. We did. Yeah. Uh, well, Jim, I appreciate the time as always, especially on Fight Week. I really do appreciate it. Have a safe trip out to Vegas. Best of luck in the fight. Cannot wait to watch. And uh look forward to seeing you back in action on Saturday nights. Thank you very much, David. Talk to you soon. Have a good one, buddy. All right, bye-bye.
1: and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
4: There he is, Jim Effing Miller. I cannot say his name without actually saying that nickname. Uh, if you don't know the story, I didn't tell it on the show because he's probably sick of hearing it uh, at this point. But, uh, yeah, years ago, uh, Joe Silva, I think it was Joe Silva's final, one of his final times matchmaking for the UFC before he retired. And he had sent a message to Jim about fighting and Jim responded, you know, uh, sure I'll take it. And I don't, not even sure if he knew the opponent at the time, just basically said, yes, I'll take it. And Jim Miller, or excuse me, Joe Silva texted him back and said, of course, you'll take it. You're Jim effing Miller. He didn't say effing, of course, but Jim effing Miller. And that stuck with me forever because that's the kind of guy Jim Miller is. Uh, all right. Uh, great stuff with Jim Miller. Definitely looking forward to him fighting coming up on uh, Saturday. And another guy who has a vested interest in the fight card on Saturday is the man who hopes to fight for the featherweight title coming up after UFC 276. He's coming off a big win over Calvin Cater uh, in his own right at UFC Austin in the main event. And now he's going to be sitting cage side for Alexander Volkanovsky and Max Holloway three, with hopes that he will be fighting the winner. Let's talk right now to Josh Emmett. One of my favorite people to speak to, and he is coming off arguably the biggest win of his career because now in the UFC rankings, he is number four in the world, potentially fighting for a title next. We're going to talk to him about all that, plus the fight, of course, the win over Calvin Cater. I am always excited to speak to Josh Emmett. Josh, welcome back. Congratulations on an amazing win. Uh, We would have talked win, lose, or draw, but I know it's always better to talk off a win. So how are you feeling a few days removed from that battle with Calvin Cater?
3: Yeah. It's great to be back as always talking with you. And uh, yeah, of course the, the, the win is the only option for me. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm, I'm going out there to get the job done. Um, We, we did what we, we went out there to do and uh, yeah, it feels that much sweeter and uh, yeah, it's, it's just great to talk to you.
4: You've you've played the underdog here and there. You've been favorite, obviously, in in a lot of fights, too. But but you you played the underdog a few times. And it seemed like this fight, you know, suddenly you were being counted out a little bit. And I get it. Calvin's an incredibly good fighter. He looked fantastic against Giga Chikadze. You know, his only loss recently was to Max Holloway. There's certainly no shame in that uh but it, it did it did kind of feel like people were counting you out a little bit and, and it almost felt like you know that that gave you a little extra a little extra push at the end am i wrong and thinking that like it felt like it gave you a little a little extra charge going into the fight
3: yeah no it's uh it's funny because a lot of times like i love being the underdog i'm the underdog the majority of my fights i think i've only been favored in like three fights in the ufc or something like that i'd have to go back and check but uh yeah, it, it is what it is. You know, I, my, my coaches and my teammates and my family and friends, they know what I can do. And and they they weren't surprised at all of my performance or me getting my hand raised, but it's a lot of people that they, they don't know me. They don't see me train. Um, and then, you know, people were just talking about Calvin's boxing and stuff, man, I can box. I guarantee we, we go put on some boxing gloves and people would like to, to see that, but it's a, uh, yeah, it, it always kind of fuels the fire. That's for sure. You know, because I'm. I'm going to go out there and continue to prove people wrong. And uh, that's, that's just what I do. And uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's, I have fun while I'm doing it as well.
4: Yeah. Now I know you're, you know, you were out in Austin getting some good Texas barbecue, enjoying the win. Have you had a chance to go back and rewatch the fight?
3: Yeah. Yeah. I actually, uh, I actually just watched it this morning. Um, so yeah, I, I watched it this morning and uh, I, I see a lot of people talking about different things and things like that, but to still watching it i I think like our our strike count was pretty even calvin does have a phenomenal jab he's long but he was he was just you know kind of touching me with his jab and you know i i don't know i i thought i won four rounds to one and we gave him the fourth round i i don't really if anything we give him two rounds we just give him two rounds and then it's still unanimous three two um in my favor uh, I think I was landing the the harder shots the power shots and and I was backing him up a lot I would hit him and you know he would he would have to move backwards or I would you know every time he jabbed me I would just take it and walk forward it wasn't at no point I was hurt one of the things that I saw was like I tried to throw a spinning elbow and he hit me so people thought he like rocked me but I was just completely off balance when I, I tried to throw that spinning elbow back at him um and this but also people talk about damage i'm i'm such a light complexion so it's like go look at any of my fights as soon as i start getting hit i like i get red and i i cut i have so much scar tissue on like my my like eyelids and under my eyes and things like that so i feel like once i get hit even if it's not hard those things just open up and then that's that's why there's a, a reason why they sport round by round they don't base it off of um what you look like after the fight.
4: Yeah. So the night of the fight, I scored it pretty confidently forty eight forty seven for you. I went back and rewatched it on Sunday, or maybe it was Monday. And once again, I was confident in scoring it. I said, I, w- I would have less of a problem with 49-46 for you than I would 48-47 for Calvin. But it was a close fight. I'll give it that. It was a close fight, some close rounds in there. But I was pretty confident, 48-47 at worst for you winning. Uh, but the biggest, the biggest factor I had was, like, I just didn't feel like anyone should ever scream robbery. It was a close fight. And credit to Calvin, he stuck it close. But what the difference was, for me, as good as his jab was, every time you hit Calvin, it felt like he moved back like three feet. Like that was the damage. Like every time you touched him, he went backwards. Like he got hit and his body moved. (laughs) Like you can see it when you land a punch, like he would move like three feet to the left or three feet to the right. And that to me was the, the damage. And that is the most important criteria, the damage you're doing. And your one punch would do as much damage as, I'm not, again, this is an insult, but like 10 jabs, like he would land a lot of jabs, but your one punch would like knock him three feet to the left or three feet to the right. And that to me was the biggest difference in the fight.
3: Yeah, no, I a hundred percent agree. And and yeah, nothing but respect to Calvin and his coaches and his teammates. Uh, And and he's a class act guy, man. Like I, I have the utmost respect for him. Um, He even told me after the fight, you know, he said that I made him a better fighter because he was, uh, you know, he knew how, how tough the fight was going to be. And it made him work that much harder. And, and I felt the exact same way. Like I know how damn good he is. And and you see his fights, look at him, look how, how good he is. And so it's like, you never know until you get in there, but it's like, he made me work my ass off. He made me like work my ass off. Um, every single day, I was trying to get better just and more prepared just because I, I know how good he is. And then when we got in there, it's like, uh, you know, I, I think it showed, but it's also like, Uh, Yeah, he he pushed me to, you know, just new levels. And, man, I'm grateful for him taking the fight, like I said before, just because he was ranked fourth, and he had to fight back. And that's kind of what I've been doing most of my career. And then he was doing the same thing. So, yeah, my hat's off to Calvin and his his teammates. You
4: know, it's funny. When we first talked years ago, and I think this was as you were coming, it was actually, I want to say, we first talked like one fight before you got in the UFC is when we first did an interview. And I remember back then – I always talk to you about your wrestling. I would say your wrestling is such a threat that you would throw guys off their game because we know when a wrestler is fighting a striker, the striker will get, you know, a little tentative throwing punches, things like that, because they're afraid of the takedown. Now you still have your wrestling, of course, Josh, but you could see in some of those exchanges Calvin wouldn't commit to some of his punches because he didn't want to take one of yours you I saw it over and over again he would kind of step in and move back out again because the threat of your power changed the dynamic of that fight. Uh, how, like, do you, like, how much are you appreciative that people are respecting your power like that? Because Calvin's a good, you mentioned it, Calvin's a really good boxer. He's a really good striker. But there were so many times in that fight I saw him move or shift or change the way he was fighting because he knew you were going to throw a punch at him and he couldn't, he did not want to take that power. It says a lot about the respect he showed your power in that fight.
3: Yeah, and that's one thing. It's like, before a fight, I I watch tape on my opponents. I give them nothing but respect. I give everyone respect for getting in the octagon. But it's also like my, my coaches and especially Joey Rodriguez, my boxing coach, uh, he, he tells me and, and I fully believe like he, he, he's been around boxing for so long. Uh, it, it's also like he, he's like he's like nobody. will be able to handle your power. He tells me these things, and I'm sometimes I'm like, okay, it goes over my head. I'm like, all right, Joey. But he (laughs) no, he's right. He's like, as soon as they feel your power, they're 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 gonna know. They're they're gonna know they're in for a fight. He says, My power is something different, like it's in both hands. Um, he's like, they have to respect the power because if they do come in then I'm going to light them up with some big shots. And then also with the wrestling, the wrestling's always there for me. So I feel like I'm okay with committing a hundred percent to shots because I feel like I have phenomenal wrestling. I'll I'll stuff those takedowns or I'll get back to my feet. Um, and, And then, so I can go either way, you know, like, either way I can it'll open like you know if I do start taking people down then you know it'll set up this the hands and if vice versa they're worried about the hands it'll set up takedowns but I, I was just kind of changing levels and trying to implement some kind of like uh shots even though it's kind of funny because I watched the fight today and and I think it was Brendan Fitzgerald but he was like you know Josh has shot in for takedowns but he hasn't really tried to get him down and, and he was dead on that I was <laughs> just trying to mix it up but I I really didn't commit to anything I would just I was just letting him Kind of know pressing him against the cage and then i would let go or i got in the single leg and instead of trying to switch off or dump him or lift i just kind of let it go it's uh i it was just funny to me when i when i watched that because i was like yeah he, he definitely nailed that
4: it's a it's a good power to have though right it's a good weapon to have like just threatening that takedown can change that, the, the dynamic of the fight same thing i was talking about the power like just the threat of throwing that big right hand and it changes the way people will fight you. And, and that says a lot about the respect your opponents are showing you.
3: Yeah. A hundred percent. And uh, yeah, it, it is nice. I can just kind of mix things up and, it, and I, I can do it all, but it's, uh, it was just, it, it was a great fight, man. It, it was, I, I was actually having a, you know, normally I don't have any fun in there, uh, but I think just with the, the Austin crowd and how like electrifying they were and um, you know, it was, and the chance going on and, you know, all my teammates being there and family and friends and just how pumped my coaches were in my corner. I was like, I was actually having a little fun in there. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, it was a, it was a great night and a, and a great fight.
4: And a win and a bonus on top of it. Right. Never a bad thing.
3: Yeah, never a bad thing. You know what I mean? That's, that's the thing about this sport. It's like, man, it's, it's a, <laughs> it's it's a it's a it's a shitty thing in in, in a sense because it's like the the exact same thing uh the the fight went on I could be you know I I have some stitches and stuff that's why I'm just kind of wearing the glasses but it's like it it could completely go the other way you know what I mean one person's gonna lose you go in there you do all that work and then it's like that split decision you know I thought I I, you know if if it would have went the other way oh man I would have been so so pissed and hurt and like how is that possible but it's uh that, that's why this sport is like, it's so unforgiving. I guess you can say, but it's uh, you know, I feel like this is our time, and man, we're gonna keep this momentum going into the title fight. And I, I know before I even got in the UFC, when you and I first talked, um, I won't shut up about being a world champion, and it's in grasp, and uh, I'm I'm gonna get that uh that UFC gold.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Let me ask real quick. The eye, it looked like it was mostly just you know cuts and things like that like in terms like the actual eye itself there is there any actual damage or was it just like the uh just like skin like thing like you know what i mean like no like orbital damage anything like that
3: yeah i i have um i have like i said i have scar tissue like right under my uh or right above my eyelid and it's been cut it's been sutured up before so i feel like he uh he hit that and that same cut opened up and then he, he was good you know with his jab he kept just targeting that eye so then it just kept getting bigger <laughs> you know it just kind of kept expanding but yeah I, I i did some uh I, I did some like scans just to just to double check because there's there a little bit of swelling um so we're just going to kind of rule that out but i but i think i'm good um but but i should find out more from the the report in the the coming days i i just i just did a ct scan yesterday when i got stuff
4: yeah good stuff so now luckily because this was a big card and it was in austin with the crowd and everything dana white was there and he obviously was there post fight did you get a chance to talk to dane after the fight or get any sense of like you know i mean we all kind of know what this win should do for you where it puts you in the division but did you get a chance to talk to anybody from the ufc
3: afterwards no, I, I, I didn't get a talk to him, unfortunately. And, and the good thing is, I don't even think he was going to come to this fight. He wasn't going to be there. And then all of a sudden, I think he was he was pumped for the fight. And so last minute changes, uh, you know, the security team, they're like, oh, Dana's coming to the fight now. So th- that, that's awesome. I, I was happy. I was happy for that because uh, this is only the second time Dana's ever seen me fight live. You know, he saw me fight live against Burgos. That was the first time ever. And then this was the second one. So some exciting fights. And uh, I, I hope he's happy with me. I am trying to go out there and, and be exciting. I'm trying to get the big finish that um, the UFC wants and the fans want. Um, and, and like I said, I'll never stop. But I, I but he did say he's going to have some uh, tickets for me. Um you know, for the July 2nd event. So I'll be sitting cage side, like I said, um, at that event. So I'm, I'm pumped for International Fight Week. I'm pumped for July 2nd. I'm, you know, excited for the whole card, but um, definitely excited to to see Holloway and Volkanovsky go at it.
4: Yeah, if you remember our pre-fight interview when I posted it, like every question I asked you beyond Calvin Cater, we'd talk about Volkanovski and Holloway. We'd talk about being there on July 2nd, all those kind of things. But every answer you gave me ended with, none of that happens if I don't beat Calvin Cater. None of this goes on if I don't beat Calvin Cater. You were 100% focused on Calvin Cater. Well, guess what? You beat Calvin Cater. So now we can't have that conversation because you are the guy Without a doubt, in your mind, and I think, again, we just saw the rankings come out, the UFC rankings came out, you're number four, the only guys in front of you right now are Ortega and Rodriguez, we already had that conversation, they're fighting each other, they've also both already fought Holloway and Volkanovski individually, separately, however you want to say it, and we know Volkanovski and Holloway are fighting on July 2nd, so, again, we know weird things can happen, and we'll talk about the title fight in a second, but, in terms of where we're at, division-wise, standing-wise, there's no doubt in your mind right now you are the guy, right? You are the number one contender right now. You should get the next title shots.
3: 100%. You know, I, I feel like I'm the number one contender. That, that fight that Calvin and I just had was a title eliminator, um, and, and I knew that going into it. That's why I was like, none of this matters if I don't get my hand raised. So I was going out there to do everything in my power. Uh, I didn't care how I finished the fight. Um, I didn't care a decision. As long as I had my hand raised at the end, um, that solidifies me as the number one contender. Uh, yeah. So, so here we go. Holloway and Volkanovsky are fighting in uh, a week and a half, and I'm going to be sitting cage side to, to see who I'm fighting next for the featherweight title.
4: All right. So now we've broken down fights before Josh, and I know you said you're looking forward to this one. And for you as a, as a title shot. It doesn't matter. You'll fight Holloway, Volkanovsky, if Aldo comes back to 145 and somebody gets somebody. I know you don't care who you fight. But,
3: that, anybody be- the title, <laughs> for it.
4: but that being said... Volkanovski Holloway three the first two fights the first one was a little more lopsided for Volkanovski I think most people scored him winning four rounds to one some maybe even said five rounds to none it was a great performance second round second fight much much closer I think I told you before I actually scored the fight for max but I have no problem with Volkanovski winning it was a really close fight it really came down to those last three rounds and again I have no problem with Volkanovski winning it was a great fight it was a it was a close fight um I know you're hesitant to give a pick because, again, I know that you don't really care. Uh, I also did bring up a scenario and you acknowledged it that, you know, if Holloway wins, it could throw your title shot into upheaval because that would somehow maybe mean a a fourth fight between them, which I don't know that anyone, you know, is really anxious for that uh, because it's so rare we actually see four fights. So, right now, sitting in that seat, knowing you're going to be sitting cage side in, in a little over a week's time. Where are you sitting right now? Do you favor one of them? Have you started thinking about it more? Like which way you see it going, how you break this one down? Because I have some thoughts, but I want to get your thoughts.
3: Yeah, no, it's it's tough. Those those guys have fought each other twice already. Um, I know they're improving. You know, they, they, they both get better every single time. They, they've been in the octagon with each other for 50 minutes. I know they're game planning. They're, they're mapping things out, watching – film they're trying to like come up with a new game plan to to beat each other or Volkanasi continue to win um and it's it's really uh it, it's hard to predict who's going to win but like I always say it's hard to go against the champion it's hard to go against someone that's on some 20 plus fight winning streak that has beat you know arguably some of the 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 best of all time in the featherweight division so i'm leaning towards Uh i think max and him are both phenomenal fighters and champions and people and stuff like that but uh i'm i'm leaning towards Volkanovski because i want to fight the best person currently on the planet uh when i do fight for the featherweight title so there will be no like misconception of when i become a featherweight champion that i'm the best on the planet so i i want the yeah I want the best you know I feel like Alexander Volkanovsky is the goat at the moment and um yeah you know I, I think him and I match up really well but like you said I'll fight anyone who has that that uh featherweight title around them you know around their ba- uh, waist um so it really doesn't matter to me but you know I I, I just I, I want to fight the best and I, I believe he's the best at the moment
4: yeah, I lean that way as well, and I tell you what, if you had asked me this question a year ago, I would have told you Max Holloway, but Max and his fight with Yair, you know, he got tagged a few times, Yair hit him, and and that was a bit of a war, I didn't honestly expect it to be that close, not that it was close in the end, but like, Yair got him a few times and actually made it, you know, made it a bit of a dogfight. And yeah. I was so incredibly impressed by Volkanovski's performance against the Korean zombie. And I'm not sitting here saying Korean Zombie's is the, the best guy in the world, but the way he just dismantled the Korean zombie on the feet was so impressive. And again, I think, you know, this is, I think there's more to prove for Volkanovski because people keep bringing up Max to him. And I think he wants to just be done with this. He wants to put Max behind him. And obviously, if he beats him a third time, they're not going to do a fourth time. Um, So I'm leaning that way as well. I think Max is incredible. I've been a Max Holloway guy since his first fight in the UFC when he came in on short notice and fought Dustin Poirier. Uh, But I just, there's something about Volkanovski. I've I've become a believer. Like, I was not the guy. I was the guy when he fought Max the second time saying, I thought Max won. But now I'm kind of on the Volkanovski. Like, I think he is. I think he is good. I think he is really good and uh yeah i'm leaning that way myself i and and you listen we've talked about it before josh you've said this to me in several interviews you've kind of dreamed about the volkanovsky fight because of the way you match up with him and i do really enjoy that matchup i think you and volkanovsky is a really intriguing fight
3: yeah and and like i like you said i i don't think people give volkanovsky enough credit like he's one of the pound for pound best fighters he's undefeated in the ufc he's the featherweight champion that beat all these greats like um and people still don't give him enough respect man that that guy is so damn good and uh you know we'll see what happens july 2nd but like you said if he gets the job done that solidifies him as you know (laughs) the best and then people can kind of you know go away with uh you know they won't do another um you know fourth fight of course um and then i, I think i'm next in line because i'm the number one contender and then I, I think he's excited i think he knows that this was going to come eventually and, and i've heard nothing but good things from his boxing coach about me and all these other things and you know he's always chiming in when i'm fighting and man it's uh yeah i but we have to see what happens in a, a week and a half so um yeah i'm, I'm just pumped for the whole thing i'm I'm grateful for everything, man. I I can't continue to express that enough that like how grateful I am just for everything. Like I've always said at the beginning, I'm always going to be the same person. You know, all I have to do is win fights and everything that I, I've i dreamed of, everything that I want, um, will just kind of fall into place. And it feels like the stars are aligned. It It seems like everything is really starting to, to just kind of, to happen that way. And, and and I, I couldn't be more grateful for the adversity that I've I've gone through and the the speed bumps in my career and the path I've went through fighting some of the toughest, best guys in the world. And um, yeah, man, it's uh, we're almost there.
4: Can I ask, I know we talked a lot about Volkanovsky because I know that's one that's been on your radar for such a long time in a matchup. I know you you favor, you say, you know, that would just be such an interesting matchup and you, you present problems to Volkanovski that maybe some other featherweights don't, which is part of the reason why I know you really wanted that fight. Can I ask real quick though, how do you match up with Max Holloway?
3: Yeah, I, I, I think I match up great with Max Holloway as well. You know, I, I everyone that I fought is is taller than me, so it's like uh, <laughs> how tall how is Max? He's like five eleven, six foot. I, my whole career, you know, even before I got in the UFC, I was fighting guys. You know, I was fighting at fifty five, so I was fighting these guys that are like. 5'10 to 6'4, I fought someone. Um, everyone's always taller than me. I fought guys 5'10 to 5'11 my entire UFC career. Um, Max has phenomenal cardio, high output. I do too. Like, I, I have my cardio and conditioning is on another level. And I think that's it just showed even in this last fight because I, I you know, people were like, oh, can Josh go, you know, five rounds? He's going to guess. No, I will never gas. Um, but I I showed that, like, I looked just as good in the fifth round as I did in the first round. And I, I could have, I could have won another five, 10 rounds at that pace. I push myself to the absolute brink in practice and with my coaches. And then I bust through that wall and I keep going because I want to, I want to feel exhausted. Like, and I, and I continue to go and go and go. So it makes the fight um easy not from like a, a fighting standpoint but from a conditioning uh standpoint like i'll never gas in a fight you know what i mean and, and i can go and, and, and push those limits but yeah I, I i think i would match up well against max i think i match up well against anybody I've, I've i've fought the best guys in the world except the the very top and those are those two guys and uh that, that's what i'm i'm working towards that's what uh you know, I've been uh manifesting and visualizing um since before I got in the UFC to hold that um that gold around my waist. And uh yeah, we're 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 right there. We're so close.
4: So I know the finish oh nice in the finish line. The goal is the title. It's been the title this entire time, but I do want to ask you, Josh, because beyond the fights themselves, you've also gone through so much adversity from the fights. And we go back to the Jeremy Stevens fight, the injuries you sustained. Coming out of that, that you could have honestly at that moment said, you know what, I'm done. You know, I'm, I'm, I, you know, that those are serious injuries you go through. And then you go to Shane Burgos fight, your knee gets torn apart early in the fight. You fight three rounds on one leg, basically. Uh, knowing you could be doing more damage to your knee, you know, like, you know, all that. And you go through another long layoff. Like you have to deal with the time off the surgeries. And, you know, I've talked to guys like, I, I know, like talking to Daniel Cormier years ago, like he avoided surgery so much of his career because he knows that when you start doing that, it takes something away from you. Like you're always risking it when you, when you undergo surgeries and things like that. So he like, he avoided surgery most of his athletic career for that reason, he would do rehab and, and recovery and things like that and try to avoid surgeries you've gone through all that and now here you sit as the number one contender and i know you're not sitting around your house like probably talking to your wife and like you know what i was thinking about this today so me bringing it up is you like contemplate but like have you thought about like you had to go through a lot to get here josh nothing came easy everything was earned you never had anything handed to you and when you add on the injuries and the things you had to go through that's a lot man like there's some guys like gary and it's not a knock on them if you said you know what I'm going to take my money and go home and do something else. I don't think anyone would have said, Oh man, why'd you walk away? Like you went through some serious stuff. Not only that you came back, you kept winning and now here you are one step away from your dream of becoming champion. Like it's just, it's pretty amazing when I put it in that, you know, when I contextualize everything It's crazy to me, the journey you've been on.
3: Yeah. And that's just, like I've said, it's uh when I want something, I don't stop until I get it. I'm obsessed with becoming a, uh, a world champion and, and I'm so close and it's all part of, you know, it's, it's part of my, my, my journey. It's like every injury, every obstacle, every piece of adversity that I've gone through in my MMA career, in my life, it, it's literally molded me into the person I am, the athlete I am. And and, and I wouldn't have it any other way because it's uh, at the moment, it's like, or, or during these tough times, it's, that's all I know. You know, it's like I, I I don't sit there and I don't feel sorry for myself. I don't do this or why me, why that. I just I figure out a way to to fix it, uh, correct it, and then move on so I can get back on that that path of becoming a world champion. And it's that's just that's just what I'm doing. It's it's uh, and I'm grateful for everything that I said that that I've gone through too because when I do get to the top. It's going to be that much easier to, to sustain that instead of having an easy, easy path. And then you get there and then you get knocked off real quick. You know, I have had a tough, tough road and it's, uh, man, it's just all part of it. And it's, uh, yeah, it's just, it, it, it is what it is. It made me into the the fighter I am today. And, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of how I think about that. I don't know. I, I haven't really thought about it, but it, yeah, it has been tough. And, and I think a lot of the injuries I've gone through in the past, um, several ones, like those were career ending injuries, especially with some of the complications I had as well, um, that people would never come back from, or they'd be like, man, what the hell am I doing? And then that is some like my wife and I, we have thought about certain things. We're like, we're like, what are we doing? Because people don't see like the, the behind the scenes or they just see us show up fight. And then that's it. They don't see what goes in, uh, to all this and, and, and how hard things are when, when you're dealing with, other things, you know, it's almost like I have to work even harder um, to to get back to a, a elite level. Um, and, but I've done it time and time again, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not stopping. That's that's like even my mantra. It's like I, I'm never stopping. Like I will never quit. I will never give up. And you know, and, and I think it shows. Absolutely. And I want to like, and I would say I want to inspire people. Like I, I literally love like just me, like I think about so many people have so many more things going on in their life that is much tougher than some of these things I've gone through, um, that people that are like battling for their life or whatever they have going on with depression, mental illness, addiction, like all these things. It's like, I literally do this and think about like giving people hope and inspiring people and and things like that. And and I have, like, I've said that before too. So many people are like, I got through this. I got through that. I was able to accomplish this because of what you go through. And you're the one that kept me going, just seeing what you come back from. And I'm just like, you know, it's cool to get that, but they're doing the work, but I literally, I I want to give people hope. I want to inspire people. And, and I've been doing that and and I'm going to keep on doing it. And then once I become the champion, I can, I can do so many, so many more things that I, I want to give back to to you know organizations or you know charities and and my community and i can help and have bigger platforms so i'm just man i i have fighting is just a means to get me to accomplish a lot more things and it's just i don't know it's just it's it's something that you know the better i do then the better my family and my friends and my support system and and everyone's going to do. So I'm like, I, even though it's an individual sport and I'm fighting in there by myself, I'm thinking about everyone that's invested in me. And that's why I keep saying this is our time and it's uh it, it's coming. I promise you that.
4: I love it. I love it. Uh, real quick before I get you out of here, Josh, I know you said you're going to be cage side at UFC 276, and they're watching the featherweight title fight. Now I know, and we've talked about this in the past, you're not the guy to say crazy things, to get attention, and you've earned it now. You've earned the number, you're the number one contender. You know you're the guy. But I'm just giving you a little advice, not that you need my advice. I'm going to give you a little advice because at some point during, before, after Max Holloway and Volkanovsky fight, they're going to bring that camera over to you. And they're gonna say, "Look who's in the crowd! Josh Emmett's in the crowd. Give him one of those where you like reach for the belts, or you gotta give him something. You gotta give something for the camera, Josh. I'm just like throwing suggestions out for you because everyone knows you're the number one contender. But but get that moment, seize that moment, Josh. I'm telling you because at some point they're gonna put that camera on you, and they're gonna say, say, coming off a big win over Calvin K. There's Josh Emmett watching in the front row. Give him one of those belt things or something so people know. I'm just saying, like you gotta do it.
3: I'll do it for you. I'll do it for you. But yeah." <laughs> Yeah, no, I will. And then when I when I do do that, that's that's all on you. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, go
4: out there because cause you know it's going to happen. You know they're going to pan that camera over to you at some point, either before, during, or after that fight. You know it's going to happen.
3: Yeah, no, you're right. that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, uh,
4: Josh, congratulations on an amazing win, man. Enjoy it. I know uh, enjoying it only lasts as far as you flying out to Vegas and getting ready to sit cage side for that fight because I know that's what this was all for, to get to that title. You've earned it. I think it's there. Uh, trust me, one of the questions people are going to be asking at that post-fight press conference. So now that this is over... Josh Emmett next, you know, it's going to happen. So I look forward to hearing Dana's response and uh, officially declaring you the number one guy in the division. Uh, Thank you as always for the time. You know, I appreciate it. Safe travels out to Vegas. Enjoy fight week out there. Enjoy the fight. And uh, like I said, can't wait to see uh, what happens in that one. And can't wait to see Josh Emmett getting that title shot in 2022.
3: Yes, sir, man. Thanks again, Damon for everything. I, man, I appreciate you as always. And uh, yeah, hopefully we'll chat soon.
4: Absolutely. We'll talk soon. Okay.
3: Okay. All right. You take care.
4: All right. Bye-bye. A big thank you, of course, to Josh Emmett for coming on the show. Definitely looking forward to seeing him back in action, but hopefully if everything works out right for him, he will be fighting the winner of Alexander Volkanovsky and Max Holloway. So it should be very interesting. I'm sure he will have a uh, very vested interest in that fight coming up on Saturday. He'll be sitting there cage side to watch and see what unfolds in that fight I look forward to it. this card UFC 276 is freaking stacked it is one of the most I mean it is insanely stacked I mean you got Brad Tavares and uh Drake's Duplessis I think the second fight on the prelims and that's a banger I mean that is a great fight and that is the second fight on the freaking prelims so this is a stack card as we mentioned Jim Miller and Cowboy Cerrone Robbie Lawler uh, Brian Barbarina. I mean, it is just, a, Sean O'Malley making his return to action. Of course, the two title fights at the top. It is an, a it is an embarrassment of riches. This is a great card. Uh, of course, the Hall of Fame ceremony coming up this week as well. Daniel Cormier, Khabib Nurmagomedov going in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Cub Swanson and Duho Choi for their fight. That should be a lot of fun. Uh, keep it locked to MMA fighting all week. Uh, the great Jose Youngs and Mike Heck are going to be out there, uh, holding down things in Las Vegas. Uh, so, look forward to all their coverage this week. And a big thank you to everyone that tunes in each and every week to the show. Uh, we're going to do a wrap up show next week on uh, my, on Tuesday, excuse me, before UFC 276. Uh, one of my regular co hosts, the great Matt, the immortal Brown, will be here to uh, help me break down things and see how everything uh, kind of played out at UFC 276 with uh, Adesanya Cannon in the Volkanovsky Holloway, and everything else going down. Uh, in a matter of days so uh, stay tuned for that next week a big thank you again of course to Jim Miller and Josh Hammett for coming on the show this week we will see you next week for another edition of the fighter versus the rider thanks for tuning in we'll see you then